asking one, two, three. Okay. So in the okay, I it's okay, Jez says she can hear you. I think we figured this out. Very okay. awesome. Okay, great. So go for it. So keep the so you'll have to start over. So I will, I will. <laughs> so what I was saying is um Dana and I met on Reframe, which is an app. And um, you know, I had found myself um very ill one morning, laying down on the bathroom floor and you know, could not make it to the shower and you know, due to over drinking. Um and I knew I had to quit, so I just typed in my phone how to quit, and of course AA came up, and um, AA is just not for me. Nothing wrong with AA in the world. If it works for you, go for it. I will empower you to do that, but it's just not my jam. And so I came across the frame, and I literally thought to myself, this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> It'll never, ever work in a million years. And then I signed up for a year subscription because I'm like, if it does work, it will not. This is not something that's going to take a week. It's not something that's going to take a month. This is something that's going to take a while. So I just signed up for a year. Um, I drank for two more days after I signed up um, because, you know, I was very frightened of the thought of not drinking. Um, and then I got on the meeting. And um, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing, very different than anything I thought it was going to be. But, um, and even inside of that meeting, the very first meeting, which is when I first met um, Dana, um, you know, I knew it was different, but I never in my lifetime thought that it would equate to anything. Yeah, and I, for me too, it was, well, I'll do the, I think I signed up on January 6th, and I actually stayed sober for a couple of weeks, but then... I found an excuse to start drinking again in mid-January and just kept spiraling from there until the middle of February. It was early February, I think, when you joined, and I listened to you, Sharon, for about a week or so before I finally, like, and I'm an extrovert with, like, a capital, I mean, I'm all caps, and I'm ADHD, all caps, boldface, 64-point font, like, I mean, I'm, like, I, I you know, I had a, a friend of mine, a sweet old guy who was like 93 at the time, and he said, if you were Chinese, your name would be Gung Ho because you're just, and he was like the sweetest old guy. And so ever since then, I'm like, I'm Gung Ho. That's me. But I was hiding, and I was like, I'm not saying anything because I just, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. And um, what's transpired since I texted you, Vonda was brave enough to share her, her uh, phone number in the chat. And Reframe's only on iOS, by the way, so we're all able to, like, iMessage each other. It's kind of cool. And um, I messaged her, and she said, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to get you plugged in. And she put me in group with these other ladies. Like, I'm the only dude, and it's wonderful. I've got, like, six big sisters now. It's great. Actually, one of them's younger than me, so I'm not I'm not the youngest. But I've got six, uh, six more sisters now. And, yeah, I, I don't think that I had high expectations for it. I think it was, you know, I, I'm no, just going to do this. I had, I had no expectations. I had none. I was just so sick and so ill at the moment. I'm like, I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. And, you know, I have to tell you, for anybody who is contemplating quitting, um, get yourself a community. It's yeah. it, like, Dan and I talk about this all the time. We would not be here right now with not without our group. We just wouldn't. Nope. Without sharing. Um, it, it comes from all of that. I, I am still shocked and amazed that, you know, here I am 40 days later, um, and, you know, I'm not really waking up thinking about alcohol. Now, look, I still have that crazy little bitch running around my head saying, Vonda, 
You've done good, girl. I mean, go have a cocktail. You've done good. You can do this again. Um, and in all fairness, I had I had slipped once. Um, I went straight to my little meeting, and you know, fessed up. And it's not even fessing up. It's just sharing, you know, because no one made me feel like I did anything wrong. Um, you know, I just wanted to share what was going on with me at that moment and what happened. And, you know, so I still have, you know, that girl still runs around, but she's much quieter, you know, where she was the little girl that, like, as soon as I walked into my home here after work, she would say, oh, yeah, go get that bottle of wine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's cook. Let's drink. You know, it's that chick running around my head. <laughs> and um, she's, she's getting quieter and quieter by the day. And, you know, it's kind of like I put her in a little corner. I'm like, you can sit over there and time out for a little while and think about what you've done. Because what yeah. you've done is right. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and um, along that, like, I, I, you want to talk about a perpetual tape of, like, self-condemnation and, you know, the embarrassment, guilt, shame stuff that we've talked about before. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about many times again because that's just been, like, the soundtrack of my life. I'm, I'm 42 and all I've ever known is you know, you're not good enough. And I, there are many, many permutations and, and tentacles to that, uh, monster, uh, that again, we'll delve into later, but I just, yeah, it's, it's been, I, I don't, I don't have as much negative self-talk because, um, this was the third Friday in a row that I woke up, by the way, I don't think I told you all this on our, uh, on our small chat group with the, the sisters, our rock and reframer chat. Um, but the last couple of Friday mornings when I woke up, I was like, man, I was anxious. I felt like crap. And I actually had a bad night at work last night. My boss was kind of a, a he was kind of a jerk to me at the end. He didn't mean to be, but it really pissed me off. I was exhausted. It was 4 a.m. I'm like, dude, come on. Like he was nitpicking me over something stupid and I just called him out on it. I came home in a bad mood and I, you know, it, it just, I woke up a couple hours later and just felt like crap. But, you know, it, it, I just remembered the last couple of Fridays that I spent with you ladies, and you would encourage me. I was like, hey, here's what's going on. This is neurotic stupidity. I'm blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, it's not. You're just being a person. Just let yourself be a person. It's okay. And I'm like, but I'm stupid. I'm stupid. And you're like, shut up. You know, like in the loving, you know, sister way. And so I, I just to tie back to your point, it was the, the community is everything. But I went into a hole where I'm a consummate people person. And let me tell you, COVID and many other things did me in. The, the extrovert of me died. And I was like, I just don't even want to be around people anymore. And all of you have changed that. When we got in this reframe chat, the, the daily Zoom calls, and I see the authenticity of these people um, and just how real everybody was being. I'm like, I, I, my goal in life is just to be authentic and real. And so um, I think there was a, re, a realness in you, a genuineness in you that I saw that really spoke to me. And so, um, and I, and I think a lot of other people too, uh, there are people tuning in this, who know you, cause they're like, man, we get to see Vonda for more than three minutes on the reframe call. We can see her for 30 minutes or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we would, I mean, I've never tried to put drinking before, which is amazing. So this is my first time. Wow. Um, wow. and I know, you know, I will talk myself into something and a matter of moments. When I'm completely isolated and by myself, you know, I lose my common sense. And so I stay very connected with y'all um, for that reason. You know, whenever one of us are like, oh, we're having a moment, we're having a moment. One of our group members had a moment and she's like, I'm in the parking lot of a liquor store. 
I, I was at work immediately on the phone. Yep. Turn your car on. I want to hear your car running. Go. Go. Run. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear you go home. I want to hear you shut your door. And, and she did it. Yeah. You know, she actually did it. And then we talked the whole way she was driving home. And, you know, the one thing that we have learned is these cravings only last for 20 minutes. Yeah. If you can actually do something to busy yourself for 20 minutes, it's gone. Yeah. It is gone. And if if you're at if you're if you're looking to stop drinking, it's probably because drinking has become a problem. Yeah. Right? So we're really looking. If you're here, it's because you're really questioning, hey, do I can I get this out of my life? Because I would have told you February fifth, I don't think I can get this out of my life. Right. I, yeah. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. In my mind at that moment it was not possible mm -hmm. and had not been possible for two years. Um, so if you're here, you know, it's because you're wondering, how do I do this? How do I conquer this beast? Because it is a beast. And, you know, it starts with, you know, going somewhere and making sure you're connected to people and listening to their stories. Because, you know, when you share, there's so much of your story that's inside of mine. You know, we've all gone through the same struggles mm -hmm. with our personal relationships, um, you know, very much like me, there's a lot of us that didn't have a bottom. Like, I've always worked, so yeah. somehow, I always kept my addiction away from work. Yeah. Um, you know, so I didn't have, like, this crazy bottom. I've never had a DUI or anything like that. But there is no doubt in my mind that when you drink two bottles of wine every night for two years, you got a problem. And sometimes there would be more. And the morning that I woke up, it was three. And I had actually reached my limit, and I was throwing up. You know, so, and it was at that point, it was like, I'm fond are you really going to three bottles of wine? Yeah. Is is that what's happening now? Yeah. Your tolerance is so high that now you're going to go to three. And, you know, I just had to be, like, really, really honest. And I'm like, is this how I want to live my life? I'm, like, lying to people about what I'm doing because I have to have time for my alcohol abuse. And I only have so much time. Because I have to make sure that I take you know, some type of sleep addict, right. um, some kind of sleeping pill, whatever, right. you know, tell them or whatever, so that I can sleep it off because I can't go to work hungover. I can't. Or, or what I perceive to be hungover. Yeah. So I had you know, only so much time in the afternoon, and you know, I used COVID as my excuse yeah. to hide. Um, you know, I work in the medical field, so I'm like, oh, no, can't go there. Can't go there. And, you know, really what I was doing is I was isolating and I was, you know, just drinking and building my tolerance. And it's so funny because I thought I was good. I, for a while, I thought I was good. And, and then one day you wake up and you're like, damn, my life sucks. Yeah. And there's no reason why my life should be sucking. <laughs> I have a home. Yeah. I have a car. I have a great job. Like, my life should not suck. Bonda, you did this. This is your party. This is your world that you created. Stop it. Yeah, I was trying to find, you know, ways to blame other people. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm the guy who, I mean, I've tried so hard to have integrity be, you know, kind of the cornerstone of my, of my life. And, you know, all these years in the Army and trying to live the Army values, the sixth, uh, there are seven Army values, and the sixth one is integrity, you know. Uh, and it, it just, 
for me, I, I found myself justifying and moralizing all kinds of things on the slippery slope. And I've tried so many times, um, you know, to, to just say, well, I can just, I can just go back to having one or two and it's never, ever three and four is the danger zone. And then that's, that's where it's the tipping point. And when I hit five or six, um, it's gotten to the point in the last couple of years where it would end up being eight or three, sorry, beers for me. Um, you probably surmise that, but you know, I mean, that's the point, uh, 32, 33 days ago where it was 10 or 12, uh, drinks a night. And that's just outrageous when you're coming home from work at 4am uh, from you know an Amazon warehouse where you get a part-time gig and you're drinking yourself to sleep and then you're trying to wake up five hours later to homeschool your three sons. I mean, like Father of the Year awards are not coming, you know, rolling in here to the the county. It, that that view in the back behind, by the way, is like last June um, on our country road that we live on that is literally on the county line. So the, the southern edge of Franklin County, Ohio. Ain't going to be receiving any Father of the Year award nominations anytime soon. Um, it, it was just all about um, blaming just, well, civilian life and, and, you know, I just, and feeling sorry for myself and just navel gazing, getting stuck inside of it. And then I would feel, then I would be mad at myself for being mad at myself and I would be embarrassed about being embarrassed. You shouldn't have this. You've got all these things. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three sons. We've got a, got a home. I got a job. And, you know, I think for me, what, kind of changed was, um, I found a way, like I despise social media. I'm like, you, I remember you saying like, I effing hate, you know, Facebook or whatever. Um, and that's me, but I, I added, I created an Instagram account to connect because all these other reframers were saying, here's my Instagram. And these coaches that we have are just like the most phenomenal human beings phenomenal. that I, I mean, I, I, this is not like a commercial for reframe, app, but, but I'm going to absolutely plug it because it's helped and save my life. And we are two people who said this will never work. There's yeah. not a chance in hell this will work. <laughs> yeah. And we're three people sitting here saying, oh, my God, it's working. Yeah. It's working. Yep. There's Vonda who six weeks ago was, you know, three, two to three bottles of wine a night. Here's Dana 32, 33 days ago, whatever it is that, um, you know, a case of beer a night. And um, here we are. And I don't – my internal day – I think you talked about this here earlier in our call. Or was it mocktail hour? Or was it the Zoom call this afternoon? I don't know. Um, you were saying that, you know, just your daily rhythm, like you don't, you wake up, you don't, alcohol is not the first thing that you think about, um, now, or when am I, you're not planning out the logistics of like, how am I going to drink? Do I need to hide it? Where do I need to, when do I need to stop so that I can rest and then I can drive and planning your meds and stuff like you mentioned here. It's just, it's, it's insanity. Here we are, we're adults and we're, we're doing, we're responsible in so many other ways in our lives. Yet when it comes to alcohol, for some reason, it's different. I wonder what it, do you have an idea why with alcohol it's like that? Um, so, yes, for me, as, as you were sitting there talking, one of the things that I'm getting attuned to is, you know, I would never, ever, ever schedule anything on a Saturday or Sunday night before noon because, you know, I had to deal with my Friday or Saturday night. And I, there was no way I could get myself together before noon. So, yeah, there was never anything scheduled before then. And, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I have found myself doing things that I would have never been able to do because I would have been dealing with my addiction, right? And um, things that I never thought that I would even find fun. You know, we, we were on a, a meeting earlier, and I, on refrain meeting, because they do have meetings, and I was saying, you know, I was hosting my first mocktail hour tonight. And if anyone would have ever told me that I would have been excited 
excited to host a mocktail hour? I said, you've been fucking insane. <laughs> I'm like, you know, what pussy has a mocktail hour? Like, that's insanity. And, you know, I am like, I couldn't wait for it. And, you know, and I'm really just kind of digging into those moments where it was like, you know, I sent y'all a video, you know, last Saturday morning. I was out at 8 o'clock, you know, with a friend having coffee, and it was beautiful, and it was snowing, and I was like, it's 8 a.m., and I'm already up, dressed, exercised, and at a coffee shop with a friend. And it was 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. And we had a great morning together before he left to go to um, Arizona. But it's things like that, but it's like, yeah, I have to tell you, I almost got teary-eyed today watching this cheesy commercial on, I think it was like a sandals vacation. Nice. And, right, and I almost, because I was like, you know, what would it be like not to have to do a vacation around my boots mm-hmm. and to have the freedom? Like, I was watching people, like, horseback ride in the morning <laughs> with the sun coming up. And I was like, what would that be like? And, you know, so now I'm, like, getting excited about what will my first vacation be like where I can really experience where I am Um and not be doing, because, you know, look, I had to hide my drinking from my partners, right? It took a lot of effort to do all this. Yeah. It was a lot of effort, a lot of hiding, a lot of lying, yeah. you know, a lot of trying to grab a bottle here and put it in your purse and take it up to your room without anybody noticing. Mm-hmm. So you get, you know, like all that kind of craziness. Mm-hmm. And being free of that, you know, free of all these constraints just to, like, you be around the beauty of an ancient city or an amazing mm-hmm. beach. And I'm like, I'm excited to do that. Yeah. And um, it, most of y'all don't know, I've, I've not done a lot since I've quit drinking because I haven't really trusted myself to be out and about. And so I've just really started going out a couple weeks ago um, with people who don't drink and doing non-alcoholic things because this does take time and I'm still only you know, 40 days out. Um, but you know, it's the thought of some of the things that I will be able to do. And, you know, I find myself, you know, reading in the morning, which I could never do, or even reading at night because mm. I was too drunk. I would try to read and I'd read the same page 12 times over yeah. and I'd like throw the book and I'd like, screw this. <laughs> right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so, wondering, you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about my future. I, I'm excited to just to have all of you. It's, it, I mean, it's crazy. We've been chatting on that group you group chat for what three weeks now maybe and and i feel like i we've not met in person yet although you have already being the logistical social butterfly ninja that you are you have already like organized meetups because it seemed like everybody that you (laughs) that you were adding to all your groups are like everybody was like from new jersey there was like this new jersey posse of you know people and some of them are very close to you and so, you know, you're already organizing, organizing meetups and stuff. And that was pure fate. That yeah. was pure fate. I, believe it or not, I wish I would have organized that, and I did not. I absolutely did not. It, it just was pure fate. And, like, that second group that I put together, like, all of them, like, I'm like, where are you from? New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God! Yeah. New Jersey things in the house. It's, it's awesome. And uh, so Shauna's tuning in the chat. She says... Let's do an alcohol-free tropical vacation and find out what it's like, right? And I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I talked to, to Shauna. She's one of the people I talk to on the phone. Um, we both have kind of like the same living situation where 
we're both single, you know, kids are, kids are on the house, I don't have kids, but her kids are on the house, mm -hmm. like, you know, so we, we don't have, you know, things we have to do in the evening, you know, you have a family, there are things you have to do, so Shauna and I, you know, we've really connected, um, this is another thing, you know, it's so funny, because like I said, I've, I've known you for two and a half weeks, yeah, like maybe, yeah, I've known Shauna for maybe two weeks. I knew her like a day or two less than you. But some of the friendships that are coming out of this and, you know, just the excitement, the excitement I feel with talking with you and the excitement I feel talking with Shauna or I, I don't want to mention names. I, I, yeah, I'm no, sorry. yeah, we can, we'll keep it, we'll keep it first name, I guess. But, you know, yeah. they, I know Shauna wouldn't care because she's posting in the chat anyway. And if she, okay. uh, she can punch me but, at one of our get togethers if she wants, if she's mad. Yeah, because you know, I'm creating a new life for myself, right? One of the things that we talked about yesterday is, um, can, I, can I talk about this? Uh, yeah, um, okay. I, don't, I don't know. Since I don't have my headphones on, maybe we can save that one for the, uh, I did no, label we're this. Going, no, we're going for it, we're going for it, we're going for it. Going okay. For it. okay, all right, go for it, sure. We're going for it. So, you know, um, I, I have a gentleman caller who, um, um, who who will go out to dinner <laughs> for like the last you know three years he moved away to Florida during COVID because his kids were down in Florida and he wanted to be close to them since he was working from his computer he's like I might as well and I'm like great I get that and so whenever he would come back into town you know we would call and then we would meet up and it worked out beautifully perfectly and we always had like such an amazing time together like I mean you know, we were kind of like the weekend hookup, like he would come on a Friday and not wait till a Sunday, because um, we really enjoyed our, each other's company, because guess what we did? <laughs> we started off with brunch, yeah. from brunch, we would go to a bar, <laughs> from a bar, say, right, so that was our yeah. relationship, and, you know, then we would come home and have like all this, what we thought was great sex, it was drunk and ridiculous sex, there's no telling what it really looked like, uh, but in our minds, in our drunken minds, it looked so hot. <laughs> and so that's been going on for years. And so he was supposed to come into town this weekend. And in fact, I talked to Shauna about this. And I'm like, he doesn't know I'm not drinking. And that's going to change the dynamics a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I've got to have a phone conversation with him before he comes. And so I called him and let him know. And of course, on the phone, you know, whatever you need, good for you. You sound great. You sound like you're in a good place. I'm like, I am. And I said, I have to tell you, you are welcome to come here, but I can't have booze around me. It's way too early for me to have any booze around me. No problem. And then, you know, of course, I get the chicken shit text two days later. Oh, not going to be able to make it. Ah, it was, yeah. But can I tell you something that I learned from that? Yeah, something like really, really great came from that. And it, like, came late at night because I, I kind of was going through up and down. Because, like, when I first got that text, my heart was beating. Because yeah. this is the first person that I'm recognizing that's pulling away from me. Mm -hmm. Because they no longer perceive me as the fun bomber. Yeah. Or at least that's what I thought, what I first thought. You know, like, why would he, like, he knows me. He's known me for years. We always have a great time. Um. And then I got something really kind of, you know, insightful late last night. And I was like, you know, Bonnie, you, you created this world around you. You created all these heavy drinkers around you for a reason. And 
And, you know, with, you know, I am sure that when I let him know that I was no longer drinking, I'm sure it was more frightening for him to come here and be around me not mm. drinking and having to deal with his, because yeah. he's probably at the same level I am. Yeah. And I think that's what really did it. And I was like, all right, girl, yeah, you created this world of all these drinkers where y'all had great times. And, you know, these people will probably pull away and it's fine. But, like, what are you going to create next? You know, you created this world over here. What world do you want to create over there? And I woke up this morning and I was like, I know what kind of world I want to create for myself. And, you know, I felt like, I really felt alive. I mean, like, I've been talking all day today, and it's because I feel so alive, so energetic about the possibility of what's possible in my life now. What is actually possible? And I remember um, you saying something along the lines with the, with this dude. You were saying, you know, now you've got the opportunity to meet a bunch of men that you never would have met before because you never really hung out with guys that didn't drink. Is that right? Well, and that's what got me to that space when I was, you know, kind of licking my wounds. Because um, I was like, Rhonda, how many men on the dating apps, you would not even swipe right because they said, don't drink. You would not. I'm like, yeah, no, no, nope, yeah. nope. So I'm like, you did that for years, and you probably tossed away really amazing men for the men who drink, who aren't always, I mean, look, there was nothing wrong with, you know, my friend, absolutely nothing wrong with him, but, you know, you know he's not one of the amazing men that you want to marry, you yeah. know, and so, yeah, not only did I bypass an amazing man, but I did the same thing he did, and for the same mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. I don't want to be judged. If I if I start dating someone that doesn't drink, he's not going to judge me. I don't want to be judged. And that's what it all comes down to. It all comes down to fear. And I really get that, you know, I probably scared the shit out of him. Yeah. And, you know, probably having to look just a little bit at his own world. And I don't blame him. And, you know, when I really thought about it, I'm like, I think I would have done the same thing. I think I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. And so I just have to give him forgiveness and compassion. Um, you know, and, and, and move on and get like, you know, like the universe has given me this opportunity now to actually maybe go out this weekend and, you know, meet someone, you know, that I would actually like to have, you know, a great future with. Yeah. And, and for that new, you know, looking at it as a new opportunity, it's, I mean, I, you know, we all get overwhelmed when we think about, man, for the rest of my life, like, what do I, and, and again, AA, I'm so glad it works for so many people. For me, it felt like either I was, the way that when I read the Big Blue Book, when I went through some intensive outpatient um, recovery stuff a year and a half ago, um, and I managed to stay sober for a year, and then last summer, just, it all fell apart for various and sundry dramatic reasons. Um, but when I read the Big Blue Book, I felt like either I am, like, a you know, a medically addicted alcoholic who's going to have delirium tremens if I stop drinking or I, I'm not, I'm, you know, it's like either you're one or the other is kind of how it, it, I received it. And that's, and that's a terrible, like broad brush stereotype of what AA is. But for me, it just felt like I can't, (laughs) oh God, I went so ADHD right now. And I like, I forget what my, my point was. You, You were talking about, um, the, um, Oh, so, you know, judging people uh, for for drinking or not, and, and I just, I kept saying to myself, like, I'm not, well, 
I'm not really an alcoholic because I'm not sick and, and like I'm not drinking myself until I throw up or I not you know my liver's not screwed up and even last month when I went to um, to see my primary care doc at the VA and they ran labs I'm like oh my god these are gonna be horrible and the labs came back fine and I'm like I've been given this new opportunity like for whatever reason but I'm so twisted I'll go see you're not really an alcoholic because you didn't drink yourself you, you think about your friend who had to go to detox for five days and blah 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 and so instead of looking at it as like what the hell was I doing or maybe I'm making this up for attention or all these other like weird things that go on in my brain. It's like, I, I'm just going to, it's not that I'm going to pretend that the first half of my life or whatever the first 42 years were, it's not like I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen and that it didn't matter. And there wasn't anything good there. I mean, I married my wife and we have three sons. So obviously some great stuff came out of it, but I've got this new opportunity to live without alcohol now and experience life more fully and one of the things that the app and all of you the app taught me this and then you guys all have modeled it for me is that if my goal is to be an authentic person then really I need to authentically experience things like anxiety um, like when I woke up this morning like when I came home and I was pissed off about work when I woke up this morning I was anxious and embarrassed about how I invented and whatever you know it, it I, I'm learning how to sit in that without saying this is uncomfortable I just want to make it go away it, it's the the problem with alcohol is it's so immediate like you just you drink it and boom like right away you start to feel better and it just becomes this easy button so anyway that that was a big long rambling way to say yes the opportunity that we have to live uh sober light even if you know people listen to this are just cutting looking at cutting back if you can cut back and you can you can do that and you can have a drink or two i seriously my hat's off to you and i'm not trying to be I'm not mocking at all. I'm saying like, I really hope you can do that because I would love to get to that place. I just know myself and I, and one to two, my wife called it several, probably seven or eight years ago in the my last assignment on active duty, I started having a beer or two at night to kind of unwind. And she's like, if you don't, if you don't stop doing this, you're going to have a drinking problem when you get out of the army, whenever that is. We thought that would be a long, long time from now, but I'm convinced I would have been an alcoholic by now in the army anyway. So I've got this new opportunity, this new lease on life at 42 for however many days, weeks, months, or years I have left to experience human life more fully. And that's what I've been learning from all of you. You've got this opportunity to go to Sandals vacation and meet sober dudes. Maybe maybe there's some sober dudes at Sandals. Who knows? <laughs> Well, I mean, that that is the exciting part. And what's, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I say this all the time. I never would have thought I would have been here, you know, 40 days ago. It would have never, ever crossed my mind. And I also know that there are other challenges um, in front of me. But, you know, 40 days out now and looking back at my life, um, you know, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of good parts to my life, but I also get like how low my bar was for a while. Like when I really started getting into drinking, like I really lowered the bar for my quality of life, mm -hmm. and it kept going down because it, you know it started off with drinking with friends, having a good time, being out and around people, you know, having interesting conversations, and that's that's the top, right? That's the top, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, the bar started going down after that to a point where it got to where I, I drank alone. And, um, you know, it, it makes me say, wow, how did, how did I decide that that was okay? Right. Like, why? Where yeah. was I? 
you know, how checked out was I from life that, and there was not, no turmoil. I don't, there's no turmoil, there's no trauma. Like, I don't know, I can't say, like, da 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 I happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I wish I had something to point to, but, like, you know, my life was pretty good, and then all of a sudden I decided to start living at a very low level. And, you know, the further away I get and the more honest I am with myself, and that's the hardest thing, like really just being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and saying what there is to say and saying it out loud. Yeah. Um, you know, even some of the things I say to myself is shocking, even though I live through it and I know it, but I'm like, this is what you chose to do. I mean, really think about it. This is what you chose to do. Yeah, but... And but Choosing, but but telling yourself that, but not condemning yourself for it, and that's where I'm struggling, and that's why in the trailer for this podcast, when I did that a night or two ago, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm Dana. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes, or you know, I I, I have a I got a drinking problem, whether I'm an alcoholic or whatever label you want to put on it. Alcohol and I had a bad relationship, and I decided to to cut it off, but I'm not gonna." I'm not going to I'm not going to blame alcohol but I'm not going to blame myself either. I will take responsibility for what I did. Oh, yeah. And that's different than blame. I guess that's different than blame or condemnation I guess is the term. The old pastor in me is going into, you know, I, I kind of like use theological, you know, churchy kind of term sometimes. I'm never flogging myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm never flogging myself. Right. I am not going to do that. Um, but yeah, I was doing exactly yeah, because I have I have I'm in the process of forgiving myself. Yeah. You know, forgiveness takes a little bit of time. It does. But I really am in the process of forgiving myself. So, yeah, I'm not a whipping post over here. But I really am taking a good look. It's because because I kind of thought I had my shit together. Yeah, me too, right? This is so funny. Right? <laughs> you think you have your shit together. Yeah, I thought so. And then all of a sudden, you realize, bitch, you, you're, you're nowhere <laughs> near together. <laughs> the Legos, yes, I can show you Legos all over the floor. Actually, if we wanted to go mobile on this on this <laughs> on this podcast, they're right down the hall. Um, mm -hmm. We're still in the Lego phase, but that's all right. You know the beautiful thing in Legos, you can put them back together and make something new, and right. experiment and figure out what what. I, I guess that's the the freedom of it. I think is what's exciting for me too. It's the thought of. What I've desperately been looking for is community in the military. We were in some really, really close-knit units. And, you know, people, I, my family just really, they, even though they, to their credit, they've tried to understand, but they can't. And, they, and some of them think we're freaking crazy because we're like, we, we kind of miss when um, there was the, uh, the craziness of a deployment because uh, when I'm overseas in Iraq or Afghanistan, because it was, life was, life was felt dangerous, but it was simple. Like we understood it. We, it. It was, I had my world over there. Addie has her world back here without kids and then with kids. And I used to be an infantryman and then became a chaplain. So every deployment was a little different. Um, but even when I was stateside and training and I'm away for three weeks or whatever, you know, it was like, we get these breaks and it really was a way that we found a, a way to connect and recharge. And we just have not been able to figure out, uh, we're still figuring out how to, coexist um, with me here all the time and with someone that's as energetic as I am it's created a lot of problems and we just we thought we would move home and you know connect with our family and and it just didn't it just didn't happen I've been yearning and trying I was trying to find that type of deep camaraderie connection at work Addie's been trying to find it with 
um, our civilian friends. And there's just no, the, the, the ladies that she spent while I was in Afghanistan for my long trip, um, for 11 months in 2010 into 2011. And, you know, we had our second born son when I was home on mid to relieve at the seven month mark. I mean, it was crazy. She and I both look back very fondly on that year, even though there are some horrific traumas on both sides of the pond with that one, it's like we had community. And so now this is the first time I really felt like um, I, I haven't had to force it. I actually went in going like, I'm done with people. I bought this Walmart shirt that says I'm done peopling because I was just like, I'm done. When I lost my job two years ago, I was going to leave anyway. But when I when I got let go and I won't go into that, it was, it just, the circumstances surrounding it were super painful. And I actually like had a total mental breakdown, ended up in a VA hospital. And then it, it just, it's been a soap opera. So the, 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 the shorter version of this ramble is to say, you all have become family. I, I, I already love all of you like family. Um, and in the army we had a, I, before memes were called memes, I guess it was like a, ma a fridge magnet or something. And it said the army where your family are like friends and your friends are like family. And that's what I found that this app has been, and you ladies have been my, become my, my sisters and, um, you know, friends that I know you understand me and I understand you and there's not any judgment. And that's the thing. Like I, for once I'm loved, I'm loved unconditionally. And I experienced a lot of conditional love and I didn't realize that I got some forgiveness to, to seek of myself for laying conditional love on people. And I probably need to send out a blanket. I'm sorry for any guilt-based preaching, you know, condemnation that I did for anybody when I was in my previous vocation. But all that's all that to say, you have all become a family and I'm so grateful for it. And especially for you, for you to be the first guest here is, is huge because um, you are one of the big, big reasons that I'm 32 days or whatever it is um, today. I, I guess I would, uh, before we go to mocktail of the week, um, yeah, oh, please. Yes. I didn't even give you a chance to respond. I'm learning how to do this host thing. So I just ramble for a long time. So Vonda, the floor is yours. Well, no, one of the things I want to say is, you know, I, I get the community in the military, right? I get that community, right? Because you, y'all you all have like this one goal in mind. Well, it's like you in the medical field with COVID the last two years. It, it's Absolutely. the same thing, combat. It's the yeah. same. Yeah. And, you know, so there you are in these foxholes with these guys. You're so vulnerable. You put your life in their hands. And it's the same thing, like, when we're on this app together and, you know, and we're allowed to speak to one another and share, you know, it's like we all have this one common goal. And that is not only to quit drinking because that's kind of just, that's kind of the underlying goal of having a real quality life, like, yep. you know? But like, and we're sharing like nobody's business because inside, you know, just like I had no idea that I had reached, there were 140 people on yeah. that call. Isn't that crazy? Like, you never know who you're talking to. When you're speaking about what's happening with you, you never know who's like, oh my God, that's exactly what's going on yeah. in, in my world. You know, and so we shared a level. I mean, we've told each other everything. So there's a real level of vulnerability. Which is why we got to family so quick. I mean, there are people that you may have known for two years that you're not even a quarter of so close. And you know, because we all come in, we're all in agreement that hey, while we're doing this, no judgment, no judgment. Just we're gonna like really just love one another, support 
one another. If you fall down, we'll pick you up. That's it. And we've all made that very loud and clear. And so we feel so safe to talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been quite breathtaking to see, you know, what people have been willing to to open up and share about with, you know, just, I, I mean, I'm like, man, I'm a complete stranger to these folks and to you, even to you ladies and just our, our inner chat group. I mean, it's just, there, there hasn't been anything that's been taboo and it's, I'm like, wow, I get to, I get to see people showing me that like, I'm not, I'm not alone in this stuff. I thought that my personal, you know, list of weird things that I thought I think or say or do, um, all these, all these insecurities that I have that I think are just mine. No, oh no, they're they're very very common, and you know the the thing I've loved too is that I wasn't pressured into. Um, I, I love that. App. I'm so glad of all the apps I could have chosen. I chose that one because it had the cutback track and it had the the uh, I want to try to get rid of alcohol track. And and there's no pressure from that app. It's like here's the information. Here's the science of what's going on with alcohol. This is just the, the black and white facts of what it does to your brain and what it does to your body. And now you take that stuff and try to apply it to your to your life. And here, here are some strategies that you can use if you want to reduce or if you want to try to go alcohol-free. And here are some of the roadblocks you're probably going to encounter based on our research of a gajillion other people. So it, it's been really great to feel like I can, I mean, I, again, I was a lurker on those calls for like a month before I even spoke and I'm a huge extrovert and I was like, I ain't saying nothing. And, um, once I started speaking though, all of you, and I found that validation, uh, from all of you, it led to me doing this. I, I wanted to ask you, and I meant to lead off with this, but I'm going to throw it out here instead. So the idea for this podcast came from a few nights ago, I was listening to Joe Rogan and I, I don't listen to him a lot. I actually don't listen to podcasts a lot or watch them a lot. So I, it's strange that I chose to do this. But um, Joe Rogan, I, I was scrolling through. I don't know this guy. I just want to hear him interview somebody funny and somebody cool that I know. And he's interviewing Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, oh, hell yes, I'm watching this. So within three minutes in the thing, Snoop is like rolling a blunt. And then, you know, Joe smokes smokes marijuana on the show all the time, whatever. So they're smoking up. And I'm like, okay, this is Snoop. And I'm laughing, and they're, the banter's perfect, and it's hilarious. And at minute number 29, Snoop says, and I'm not hacking on him because I still love him. I still love Snoop. Uh, but he says, you know, Joe, I, man, I really want some alcohol. Joe, he's like, can I get drunk on your show, Joe? And he's like, yeah. And so they bust out all these bottles of booze. And I'm like, God, I'm so triggered right now. Like, I just, oh, that's so cool. And, like, I just want to sit around. I want to sit here and watch this podcast and, like, drink a beer or a, a, you know, a couple fingers worth of whatever uh, with Joe Rogan and Snoop Dogg. Why is it so cool? Why is it that we see this and it's this glamorous thing and it's, and it's, what's your take on that? Because I just, that's what actually led me to say, I want to have a, a, a podcast where I interview people who are doing the opposite, where we're like, man, I really would love to drink may maybe, or, hey, I'm so busy and having so much fun. I don't, I don't. I actually didn't think about drinking today because that's like the total countercultural opposite of what that's. What, what's your take on all that? This this is my take. And first of all, I won't speak for um, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> but I will speak for myself. And I can tell you that for me, there was many years that drinking was, you know, cool and fun. Yeah. In fact, if you were to talk to my partner uh, when I was twenty six years old, 
he would tell you, I was the crazy one running around the bar with the Diet Coke in my hand. And I had like one or two drinks, then I was done, mm. I was on Diet Coke, I was on the floor dancing. That's the world I lived in. So, you know, it was fun, and it was cool, until it wasn't, right? Right. And right. You know, we're, here, we're here having a conversation because we got to the point where it wasn't. Yeah. It was, it was great. It started off great. And for, for those who can do it and handle it, yes. my hat is off mm -hmm. to you. I cannot. Yeah. I wish I, I have, could. Yeah. Yeah. I have proven that I can. So for Snoop, like, look, dude, if you want to have a drink or two, I, I don't care. If you're, I, I don't even care where people are with their drinking. Like, I'm yeah. not going to be that person yeah. that yeah. preaches. If you're happy where you are, stay there. Yeah. I'm not about to come knocking on your door preaching to you about what I think you should do. Right. This is just my journey and, 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 and mine alone. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, look, and by the way, I'm someone who never threw up, but I was up in my game that Sunday morning. <laughs> or actually, it started Saturday about noon that mm -hmm. went in the Sunday morning. I, so, somehow I decided that two bottles was no longer enough. Yeah. And that's where I was at the point. Yeah, that breaking point because I mean it had been up ten years since I thrown up because you know I was an expert. Yeah. Well, and for me, the the last night, you know, the the night that I kissed alcohol goodbye, well, was in a, a cheap hotel room down the road because I had had to leave. Like my wife and I couldn't speak. Like we weren't we we couldn't speak. I I it was just it was so bad. I had just given up, and I. I we just were at this place where I said, I've, I've got to go for a while. We need a, we need a break or whatever. And it, it pressed the reset button. Thankfully it was this, I guess, Hail Mary thing that kind of worked. It gave us a, some breathing room again for our marriage. Like it, we, I realized ever since I went to the VA, you know, hospital for uh, several days, like we hadn't really had a break in almost two years. And that's like unheard of for us. I mean, we normally wouldn't go a couple months without, or a month without at least a National Guard weekend or something. So, um, you know, I got there and, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to like, I'm going to drink one more time and I'm going to drink until it's uncomfortable. So it's just so I like, like I was drinking. I didn't even want to, I, it was, it was so stupid. Like I bought a bottle of cheap bourbon and like, you know, Budweiser and I just drank and drank and drank and I stumbled down to the convenience store and bought a pack of cigarettes for the hell of it. Cause I, Wanted to remember my dad who died of lung cancer. It was it was so stupid. I'm like, oh my god! Like here I am. I used to have all these titles and you know do all these things and and here I am stumbling around. You know and and it just it, it's like what was I doing? How could I possibly get to that place? How did I like you said? How did I get to a place where this is okay? And I just I just said that day it was like nope I'm done. It was two days before my birthday and I was like I'm not. I, no, I'm going to celebrate a sober birthday. I, there's this classic picture. I should probably dig it out for a future episode where, you know, the the at uh, the school where I went, uh, party school, go Bobcats. But, I mean, the, the rite of passage is on your 21st. You go up to Court Street and you do the Court Street shuffle and it's, you know, 21 bars or whatever it is. And I, I blacked out at bar number 16 and there's a picture of me collapsed on my friend, my friend, Sarah and I like I've got all the stamps on my hand right and it's like oh look at that ha 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 you know and now I'm like so that was my 21st birthday well my 41st birthday was kind of like my sober birthday it was a couple days after I'd stopped drinking but it coincided nicely and I just said so first 21 years of my life were spent <laughs> prepping to drink next 21 spent drinking and now whatever I've got left is for 
taking vacations to sandals and seeing what kind of virgin decorations they have or whatever, right? <laughs> well, and I do have to tell you, you know, the mocktails, they are an absolute staple. Yes. Yeah. Absolute staple. And, you know, my mocktails don't even have any, like, any of the fake liquor in it. It's just, you know, because I didn't happen to have any with me, but... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it can be anything, but, you know, I still put them in my Rydell wine glasses because I have a whole litany of Rydell wine glasses all over my mm -hmm. home. And, um, but, yeah, because, you know, I went to bed every night with a drink in my hand for so many years, but I still do. It's, it's still a mocktail. Yeah. And, you know, I try to make them as healthy as I can, but I still need that sweetness. That's why I have all the muddled fruit in there, which gives them amazing sweetness. But it, it, it really, you know, I was looking at it last night. And I was like, damn, you know, not only are you good, because it tastes good. Yeah. But I'm like, you, you, this, you have given me everything I need for that tradition I used to have of taking my glass of wine into the bedroom, opening up a book to read. I'd only get past the first page and having my glass of wine with me. Yeah. And, you know, now I do it with the mocktail and it serves all my purposes. Um, you know, without, obviously. Yeah. And, and, you know, I hear for me, it's like mason jar. And I mean, again, this looks atrocious, but it's because whatever I started with tasted like crap. And I was like, I'm just going for it. And I started dumping all kinds of weird stuff in there. And then I'm like, oh, hey, that actually worked out pretty well. So it looks disgusting, but it tastes great. So, and it's got, you know, it's kind of got that fizzy, you know, for me, it's got to have some seltzer or something in it so that it's got the you know that and and so the one so the mocktail i'll throw out there because i won't tell you because i think if if anybody else tried this they'd probably be like that's actually gross dana i don't and they'll say he's deranged and you know he, <laughs> he has he has very poor taste so i'll share one that you inspired me to do i pressure cooked my own ginger tea so you just so vonda's the i called it the vonda and it's on the, in my Instagram, I think it was, or, well, I don't know. I think I texted you guys. I need to put it on the Instagram. It's great, great. In one of these things, and I did, like, probably this much ginger ginger tea, and then I added, like, lime seltzer and cranberry juice, and I think I gave, like, a, yeah, I gave, like, a splash of OJ or something on there, too, and it kind of looked like a tequila sunrise or something, but it reminded me of you because it was, like, it kind of had this glow to it, and it had some bite. It was like, blah, you're like ginger. Whoa, where's the, that ginger? Man, I mean, it was, it was fierce. So, so this is the thing. This is the thing. So first of all, for anybody that's actually listening to this, ginger tea is amazing. Real ginger tea. Because it has all these, you know, just amazing properties to them. Just amazing for your body. So I decided that my mocktails would always have like a ginger tea base. But I make it 350 grams of ginger, rough chopped. In your Instapot, fill your Instapot up with water two-thirds of the way, turn it on, high-pressure cook it for 30 minutes, let it chill out, and then strain it through cheese floss because you're not going to skin your ginger because that takes way too much time. Just strain the whole tea through a cheese cloth, boom, you're done. And that's my base for, that's the base for every drink I make. And then what I do is I just change out um, whatever fruits I'm going to muddle. The other thing I have to give a huge, 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 huge shout out for, anyone who's quit drinking, 99% of us start having sugar cravings because we got all, I used to get all my sugar from my alcohol. 
And I'm, I'm someone who's like, I never ate a dessert. Well, guess what? No, bitch, you're drinking two bottles of wine. You don't need a dessert. Just figure it out. Um, you know, but stevia, liquid stevia, stevia become my best friend. I have it in every flavor. Coconut, right now I have this with coconut and lime. Delicious. Yeah. Um, you know, I have it with caramel. I have it with vanilla. It, it, it helps you with your sugar craving. Um, and it makes everything taste delicious. Yeah, and get and get creative with it too. There's not, I mean, for me, it was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna start throwing some crap in there and see what tastes good. And so tonight, we, we had made an Aldi run this afternoon while we were out. Um, my wife and I are gonna start to ride bikes together. I'm gonna train for a short triathlon, and so I bought this piece of crap bike on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. But we're actually buying her a nice bike because she is much less likely to actually crash the bike, unlike her, you know, like husband who crashes into things all the time. Um, so on the way back, we're like, hey, let's run an Aldi. Um, and so we were trying to find things. She's doing this crazy, crazy nutrition plan that's helping to get it's it's helping her, but it's been a hard first month. And so we're going in, she's checking labels, and like, oh, I can't have that, I can't have that. And so while I'm in there, I'm like, ooh, mocktail stuff, mocktail stuff. And so I got this thing that was like chai tea latte mix, but it was London fog, which is this if you've never had a London fog drink, it's this wonderful tea and milk sort of thing. And so I got that, and when I tried this, this was like, uh, let's see, ginger beer, uh, some sort of like lemon and lime seltzer. I thought it was lime, but it had lemon in it, so it kind of made it funky. I threw in cranberry juice, and I was like, this isn't really good. So then I, this is when I horrified my wife. I was like, I'm going to try this London, London fog crap, and I dumped it. She's like, what are you doing? And then I got the half and half, and I was like, I'm going for it. And I put some half and half in there, and I tried it. I was like, oh, man, that's actually kind of that's kind of good in a weird way. So I would say just experiment with stuff, you know, and find what – you know, it's like people say about drinking wine, right? If it tastes good to you, then it's good wine, right? If you like five dollar bottle, a bottle of wine, then drink five dollar wine. You know, who cares? Absolutely. Look, I've already paired up. I've got like one of my favorite seltzers. Like, you know, I have a peach and honey seltzer that I like to pair up with the vanilla stevia. Um, anytime I'm drinking my, lime, I'm doing lime today. Anytime I'm drinking my lime um, with my ginger tea, that's always my coconut stevia. Like, I've already started pairing everything, just like I would a dinner with a wine. You know, I've already started pairing up my drinks so that I have at least, you know, four drinks in rotation where the flavors are a little bit different. It's it, it's awesome. I Vonda, listen, this was, we're coming up right on an hour. It's a little over hour because we had the technical difficulties at the beginning, but maybe next time uh, I'll be able to have, I thank you for being a very patient guest. Uh, thank you for all of you who tuned in live here on YouTube. Um, I will uh, say, well, I don't know. I'm going to say, what the heck? Let's try this again at 6.30 next week. Maybe we'll just make it like a mocktail hour thing. Or we'll come back live again next Friday night. At some point, I'll, I'll put it on my Instagram, at I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. You can find Vonda at XO underscore Vonda. That's V-O-N-D-A, which you can probably see right on your screen that I'm sharing. So yeah, Vonda Roney, Hoboken, New Jersey. Thank you. And for everyone else, I will say goodbye alcohol and hello life. It's cheesy, but I like it as a sign off. So y'all have a good night, America and anyone else who's around the world. Peace out.